Blue Shirts fans. And Madison Street Maniacs. Welcome back to the Worst Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Freezy, with my co-host, Nick. Nick, say hi. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? How are you doing, Breeze? Um, I'm doing good. Today is my wife's birthday, and uh, your wife, and not you, I'm going to say fucking you, bitch. It had nothing it's to do not- with you. Your wife fucking sent us a gift card for Wicked Donuts, which is a place that my wife has been wanting to go to for a hot minute. So I got up at 5.30 this morning to go down there because they sell out by 10 usually because they're like a crazy place like that. So I've had a donut already before 7 o'clock. I feel sick because it's a lot of sugar, but yeah. I'm here to hang out with you and, and do what we got to do. Nice. Yeah, I've never had Wicked Donuts before. Is it like Voodoo Donuts? Uh, basically, yeah, but they're, their art style is like uh, uh, like pinup girly kind of okay. the, the aesthetic. It's it's pretty cool. Don't get me wrong. Are the donuts overrated? It's to be seen. But uh, I had one that was pretty good. But again, I feel sick now because I should not have eaten that much sugar <laughs> before seven. But another thing that makes me feel sick, since we're talking about feeling sick, we got to talk about this little stupid... Look, there's a few... We're going to rapid fire a couple bullets off today before we get to our main topic. One of them is this Bob Nardella who is the coach for the AHL Chicago Wolves, had just been suspended for 10 games for saying a racial slur to one of the linemen or one of the reps in general for calling a penalty that he didn't agree with. Um, His team, the team that he coaches for, the Chicago Wolves, um, not affiliated with the Chicago Blackhawks, he... They came out and said, yeah, you know, this is the right move. Uh, Ten-game suspension, if you if you feel that's right, it's right. But he came out himself and said that he didn't say that. Um, it's hearsay at this point, right? Uh, I, I don't think that it's something that's being made up. Uh, again, it's like I fucking... I'm being pulled into talking about this every single week, but, like, hockey... I'm so tired of saying it because, like, it's, it's losing its meaning here. It's becoming more of a meme than anything. But I do truly mean it, that hockey is fucking for everyone. And... This is this is a really really bad look for him, dude. And as a Chicago fan, though they might not be affiliated with you, I'm sure that you don't like this at all. Um, to be honest with, you, so I don't really follow the Wolves as much just because they don't have any affiliation to the Blackhawks or anything like that. I follow more Rockford than I do the Wolves. But regardless, this has been on my on my Twitter timeline for I mean since it fucking happened, was I've been like what now a week ish, and. Yeah, a hundred percent. I know it's become more of like a meme, but this is something that that at least Breezy and I believe wholeheartedly in is that that hockey is for everyone. Um, I don't agree with the ten game suspension. And now, hear me out. When I say I don't agree with the ten game suspension, I mean that motherfucker should not have a job anymore. Like, there's there's just things that you say that you can say that might get a ten game suspension for, and be like, all right, whatever. And then there's things that you say that you should lose your job over now granted i get it it's it's hearsay he's saying he didn't say it the linesman says that he that he did say it which is why he got a 10 game misconduct and then got a 10 game suspension or i'm sorry a 10 minute misconduct and then a 10 game suspension but my thing is is like what does anyone honestly have to gain about lying about that you know what i mean like like, yeah. okay, what, if you don't like, don't like the, you know, you don't like him, you don't like Nardella, so you're just trying to get rid of him? But but that's just, a, that's a heavy, 
accusation. And I don't think that anyone else has anything to, to gain from that. Again, it, you got to believe that most of the linemen and referees in this in this sport, right, they're there because they love the game, especially if they're in the AHL. And that's no disrespect to them, right, to, to the officiators. But, I mean, they're there to uphold the, the integrity of the game. And though I don't agree with most of the fucking calls, I do believe that um, things should... <laughs> this is another going to be way off topic. We'll get there eventually. But the being able to challenge things on the ice like that, like in the same way that you can do a coach's challenge. I hate that some things are not challengeable, especially when they know they fucked up and even a ref will let's get up and be like, Hey, I fucked up. I'm sorry, but there's nothing you can do about it. That's a dumb rule. They're still out there doing the best that they can. And I mean, the whole point of this thing, the entire, the entire reason we're bringing this up, right. Is I live in a constant state of, at least in my friends group. And I know that everyone's not like this, but you know, it's police me, right? Like, let me know when I'm saying something that's not right. Not saying make me politically correct or cancel me. I'm saying I want to be a better person, right? I want to be better because I want to be better for my family and my friends. Right. Just let but, me know. Let yeah, me know exactly. if I'm out of pocket. Exactly. And we yeah. live that way because it's like, hey, uh, that, that, we'll say all the time, that's kind of racist. It's like, oh, well, I don't, I don't see it that way. It's like, that's fine, but this is why I do. Okay, that makes you a better person. It's your job as a head coach to represent a team and to bring your team and represent your team in the league, off the ice, on the ice, on the bench, whatever it is. And if you're okay with being that person, then your team's going to be okay with being that person. And then you perpetuate like a zone or a level of just disrespect in hockey that I think it should definitely stop at a head coach. I'm saying these not their fucking parents. You can't say whatever they like, make them say whatever he wants them to say or punish them. But you represent that team the most, right? Their media is coming to you to talk to you about your team, like the team that you represent because you're coaching them. You're getting them there. So uh, it's your responsibility to be that power leader before the, before the captain, before the alternates, like you are the big leader of that team. You're the face. You're the you're yeah. the, you're the you're the first person that you know addresses the media. You're you know you're you're the face. You're the face of the team. And whether or not you said the the slur or whatever, whether or not you said it, now there's always going to be speculation of well, what did you actually say? And no one's going to actually say what he actually said. He's going to say what he is going to. He's going to say whatever it is that's going to try to clear his name. The linesman's going to remain true to what he thought that he heard if it wasn't the truth. Um, but I just, I there needs to be more of an investigation on this, not just a ten game suspension and then now he's back behind the back behind the uh, behind the bench. But there needs to be more of an investigation on this. Like I understand it's the AHL. You know, there's not exactly, they're not exactly as high tech as the NHL, right? Where there's cameras everywhere. There's microphones everywhere. There's reporters everywhere that could easily pick it up. There's not, there's not nearly as many hot mics as there is in the NHL, but there's gotta be something that is close to be able to, to hear exactly what, what Nardella said. Um, there's got to be something, you know, there's for fuck's sake, there's a whole team sitting in front of Nardella yeah. and I get it. You want to back your coach or whatever, but there's just certain things that you should back. And there are certain things that you need to stand up for and be like, no, nah, dude, that was fucked up. You need to, you need to write your fucking wrongs here. Um, I do believe that any sort of like racial or homophobic or xenophobic or, you know, a fucked up phrase 
Like that needs to be addressed immediately, whether it be by the coach, whether it be by the linesman, whether it be by the team, it doesn't matter. But that shit needs to be addressed immediately. I don't think that he should be back behind the bench. I feel like he should be fired into the fucking sun. Go coach in fucking China, dude. You're not sure. welcome back here. Sure. And yeah, I That's mean, my that, piece on that, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, I agree. But we'll leave that there. And like I said, it's um, we got to make a place that everyone feels comfortable. And look, we're not saying we're snowflakes. I know we're younger guys than a lot of the people that listen to this podcast. But I'll say this. It's it. It is absolutely our responsibility to make sure that the spaces that we that we live, that we hang out in, that we're around, we make sure that 100% we make it a safe place for everyone. Now, I'm going to talk shit to you. You're going to talk shit to me. That's sports. That's what we do. I say, I say some out-of-pocket shit to you in text. You say some out-of-pocket shit to me in text. I'm okay to do that to you because I know where we stand and you know who I am, right? And right. when you represent yourself in the in the rest of the world, especially as a head coach, you have to hold things closer to your chest. You hear you hear the derivative recycled like formula of saying things in interviews from coaches. A lot of coaches say the same shit, same shit. And a lot of it is because you don't want to say something out of turn in the heat of the moment, like when a bad loss or whatever it may be, right? We just had a bad loss against Toronto. Could have said a lot of stupid shit, could have said a lot of out-of-pocket things, but you compose yourself. That's what being a man is. That's what being a good person is for us, right? That's what I can speak to. So again, he's not cool. I don't like him. Uh, it's going to leave a bad taste in my mouth whenever I hear about him. And even if they go all the way to win their fucking whatever cup, I'm still going to be like, I, I don't fucking like you. And again, that that's, that's on him, not me. No, I agree. And, you know, I want to, I want to, um, you know, set almost for lack of a better phrase, set the record straight. It's not like breezy and I will text each other some fucked up shit like that. It's just more of like, you know, playfully talking shit. For instance, we were talking shit. He was talking shit to me about the Blackhawks last night. Rightfully so, because we fucking suck. And, you know, but it's never, it goes back to the whole policing thing, right? Like, I will, I'll call Breezy out on some shit if he says something that's, for lack of a better phrase, detrimental, right? Something kind of, kind of racist, kind of fucked up, whatever. He's never once ever said that to me. Now, the difference is, is, you know, Bob, Bob Nardella is more in a spotlight than we will ever be. But that still doesn't give you the okay to say some shit, right? Sure. It goes exactly. back to the whole policing aspect of it. Now, the last thing that I'm going to say on this is that it doesn't matter if you think it's a meme. It doesn't matter where you stand on it. If you're a fan of hockey, hockey is for everyone. If you play hockey, hockey is for everyone. It doesn't fucking matter. That's it. And that's that's all that needs to be said. Pivoting to what the next bullet that I wanted to talk about. So, Blues lose to Detroit. Right? Um, uh, their record's not very good this year. Uh, the Blues is who I'm speaking about, St. Louis. Yeah. Um, they could be better. Yeah, all teams could. Again, I attribute it to this league being a lot tougher than it's ever been. The fact that the Rangers are standing at the top of that right now and in that top three spot, like cycling between the Canucks, Boston, Vegas, you know, that's a good spot for us to be in. Um, it's surprising, but for a lot of other teams, uh, I think that the standings don't reflect where everyone is. 
that's just my opinion. Again, I'm not a coach. I'm not in the organization of the NHL. So I, my opinion doesn't really matter unless you're listening to this podcast. And I guess it matters to you. <laughs> but my whole take is um, when you have a bad coach, right? Uh, I guess the question that I'm going to ask is, because uh, I'm kind of on the fence with it. So I really want to get your take mostly. What do you think, dude? Like, should we let these head coaches finish out the rest of the season? And because, I mean, at the time that this happened, we we're only a quarter away through the season, right? And we know that shit can turn real fast. And that last mad dash to reach the playoffs is always hectic. But it's, I mean, Florida showed you that it's possible to do, right? You can be the worst team out and then make it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. So do, what do you think about firing your coach midseason? So there's a couple of ways that we can go about this. When you texted me that this is going to be one of the bullet points that we were talking about, I was trying to formulate pretty much, for lack of a better phrase, both sides, right? So here's my thought on it. It depends. It depends on where you're sitting. It depends on the locker room. If you have a team that kind of like, for lack of a better phrase, is Chicago, right? You're rebuilding. You you don't have all the pieces around. You have one really great guy. And you're trying to build around him, but you're trying to build around him via the draft or free agency. So you need to wait till the end of the year, right? So it doesn't really fucking matter who's behind the bench. Here's the thing. The Blues, 2019. Remember, bottom of the fucking barrel in January, turn everything around, beats Boston in, what, six games for the Stanley Cup yep. and wins their first Stanley Cup. Florida, bottom of the barrel, comes back and at least makes a push for the Stanley Cup, right? And a damn good one. And a da- really, really good and improbable, improbable, imp- imp- <laughs> I know how to speak, improbable Words. kind of run to the Stanley Cup. Um to me, I think it really just kind of depends. Um, there are obviously, I mean, there could have been way different, way, way meant. God damn it, dude. Okay, listen, I just woke up maybe <laughs> fucking 20 minutes ago. So fucked I'm, you up, dog. I could have fucking destroyed your ass. Hey, don't listen. I just woke up 20 fucking minutes ago, bro. Cut me some fucking slack. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a skill issue. It is 100% a skill issue, man. Um. But no, I, I really think that it, it, it kind of depends. I mean, we don't know what kind of variables were put into this were put into position in order for Craig Berube to, to lose his job a quarter of the way through the season, right? So it could be that the whole team gave up on him. It could be that front office and him were going back and forth and not seeing eye to eye on anything coupled with kind of a rough start to the season. And then it's like one of those where it's like, well, we're not really going to miss you. Um. I don't know. Like I said, it kind of it really just depends because we don't know all the variables. But let's just say we're the we're the front office. We have a struggling team. Um, the coach is a great guy. Is you know always has the locker room under his you know under his belt. Uh, they're they're they bought into him. Whatever. Um, I say let him finish it out. On the flip side. You know, let you know let him let him finish it out and then bounce and just say hey you know what we're gonna go in a different direction. On the flip side, it could be you were again, we're the front office. We have a head coach that kind of butts heads with us a lot. Um, kind of lost the locker room a little bit, coupled with kind of a rough start to the season. Then yeah, I would say bounce him. Um I need to, we need to know more of the variables with um uh, with the reason why Craig was was fired. If it was honestly just having a rough season like that. 
I don't know. I feel like he, I feel like Craig would have had a little bit more. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of just a little bit more like say in the situation, for lack of a better phrase, because he he does have that that accolade of 2019 under his belt as a head coach, where it's like, hey man, I can turn this around. I can turn this around. Um, I don't know, man. I just I I feel like I feel like it depends if they should if they should finish the season or not. And, and all of it just depends on the kind of guy that they are in the locker room. However, though, I am very curious to hear your situ, your side of this, um, just because, you know, we've both been on the receiving ends of having your coach fired throughout the season. Um, you know, for instance, when um, Derek King was let go, oh, no, I'm sorry. He was fired at the end of the season. When Jeremy Colleton was fired, and they brought in Derek King, you know, that's that to me feels like you kind of wave the white flag for the rest of the season. And you're just kind of just going to limp to the end because now you have a whole different, um, different, almost chemistry that you have to rebuild on top of an already grueling 82 game season. So I'm interested to know where you're sitting on this. Well, I mean, we had coach Quinn coaching the Rangers for a while and now he's doing San Jose. Right. And, uh, they're not doing too hot, but I mean, they're, they're, they're starting to heat up, you know, they're starting to do well, but I, again, it, it's look, we had Gallant. He went to Vegas where he started. I don't look like, again, his career really blossomed with Vegas, right? You showed that quote unquote, he could be a good coach. Then he goes to the Rangers quote unquote, he can be a good coach. But I think he was just like in that specific instance, it was just a coaching of circumstance, right? He just ended up being behind powerhouse teams. The Rangers two seasons ago was a really good fucking team. You didn't have to do much, right? You just let Mika Zibanejad go out and does what he does. You let Artemi Panarin does what he does. You let Igor be the star that he was, the prolific, like, who the fuck is this kid, right? Why is he so good? You let him win the Vesna trophy. He just let his team run out and do his thing. Again, end of last year. We get bounced in the first round with the expectations of going a lot further than that because we had a team that had depth that could go that far. Blaming it on the coach, okay, that's a kind of a scapegoat situation, right? But it just goes to show that a good coach like Peter Laviolette that we have this year can help retool your team. The problem that we had with with Gallant was that he didn't want to change anything. He was very like, uh, it's okay, we'll work it out. Something sometimes shit happens. When yeah, sometimes shit does happen, but if you guys fuck up, you have to be held accountable, right? This is their job. Then that would be like if you're at work, um, yeah, you do your job every day mostly, but if you fuck up, it's just like, oh, we'll just we'll, we'll not talk about it. It's like, no, if you fuck up at your job, they're gonna say, Hey dude, you fucked up. And it doesn't mean you're getting fired that day. But he had no he didn't want to be, I would say he didn't want to be he didn't want to have anyone having an opinion on him that was negative about like restructuring the team or changing lines or anything. He just didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear any of it. And I think that sometimes it's important to, to look at like where you are in the standings and where you are against other teams. And that's, that's kind of how like the blues kind of got where they are. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard league to win in right now, but at the same time, it it's like you said, it, it, it depends. I mean, if the whole locker room is, I mean, Tor- Tortorella has a job, you know, every year, and he's an unstufferable guy. 
right? I mean, let's call a spade a spade. He's an insufferable guy. He's but I mean, cock. Oh my he's not Lord. he's not getting thrown out halfway through the season, right? I mean, so it it has to have been that there must have been some conversations that were happening behind the scenes about the expectations, and I don't think that he was doing anything to push the the team in in that direction. So I guess the the GM or whoever was just like, "You're not going the direction that I want." The only thing that I think is fucked up about the situation in general is that the morning he got fired. He had set up a meet and greet with the dad and son, and then his wife came and helped set everything up, and then he went to practice like everything was normal to get ready for practice, and I guess when he got to the office, that's when their GM was like, hey, by the way, you don't have a job anymore. Dude, so that, I so I didn't I didn't know that, right? And that I like I didn't know that was that was exactly what happened. I just thought it was after a game or before a game or whatever, but I didn't know about the whole meet and greet thing. That's so fucked. But and his I, wife's uh, involved, right? His wife comes down and helps out, sets up, right. and, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies type thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, by the way, thank you for that. Um, but uh, here's your last check. <laughs> Dude, that fucking reminds me. And I know that we're a hockey podcast, but that just reminds me of. Uh, so there was a, a baseball coach. His name is Joe Madden. Um, he was he's just known for just being like the locker room guy. Like he he's that he's that you would look at him and be like, dude, you get fucking stoned every night and it's great. Like you're that really high grandpa that buys his 16 year old grandson weed. And <laughs> like I didn't know you were chill like that, bro. Like no, for yeah. real. Like like if you ever have a chance, look up Joe Madden. He's great. And um he actually led the uh uh, led the Cubs, who's my favorite team, to their first World Series championship in 108 years back in 2016. Um, he was just always known as as a great head coach, a great locker room guy, you know, really just kind of one of the guys that was just very respected. Um, after 2018, he was fired from the Cubs, and then um, he got a job at, with the Angels um, in the American League, and... I want to say, I can't remember if it was this year. I think it was last year. He's like, you know, the Angels always been a struggling organization. The owners are cheap. They won't, they just won't pay anyone and, you know, won't do anything to bolster that lineup. And so who's it fall back on when the team is struggling? The head coach. So he, Joe Madden, who's notorious locker room guy does something to try to fire his boys up, right? Gets a, he fucking shaves a mohawk into his head and this is an old guy right in his 60s almost 70s motherfucker walking around with a white mohawk and <laughs> goes to goes to the clubhouse is ready to show the boys blah 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 and they fire him halfway through the season and just to try Yikes. to just, just to try to like beef his boys up like you know hey man you know i'm in it for you you in it for me let's fucking buy in let's buy into each other let's rip this shit up let's fucking go shaves a mohawk gets fucking fired same day and that's what that reminded me of right there when you were talking about how you know just like we're setting up this meet and greet we're gonna do this we're gonna kiss babies we're gonna go on this whole campaign and you know, oh hey by the way here's your last check yeah, that's uh, that's it's shitty, man. It's super shitty. But um, yeah, so this kind of, I guess, let's let's run into the other uh, another point that I wanted to talk about that I actually brought to you, and I'm very interested to hear about this because I was listening 
No, I was scrolling through Twitter and I just happened to come across like this audio snippet of another hockey podcast, which I'm not going to give them the light of day because they're they're fucking idiots, to be totally honest with you. Um, gladly Fair. debate them hockey. I will gladly debate them hockey any day of the week. Um, I'm not going to name them because that just gives them the the unwanted fucking publicity. Um but they were talking about the Buffalo Sabres and how they have individual goal songs for each player. Um, specifically, they brought up Jeff Skinner's Breaking Free by Troy Bolton and Gabriella. Fuck, can't remember her name because I haven't seen High School Musical in fucking forever. Um, but they were bringing that up and how it was like how it was weak and soft to have Breaking Free as your goal song. Not knowing that everyone and their fucking mother knows that song. And it's almost like a meme to sing it like Sweet Caroline, right? Like every time Sweet Caroline sure. comes on, it's a white person anthem. And oh, yeah. That's a rap, right? It's like it's also like fucking Don't Stop Believing by Journey. But um, so it brought up it to me brought up the the whole mindset because I don't know if New York does the individual goal songs. I think they just do like the team song, right? Yeah, just one song. Right. So same for the Hawks. Like it's Chelsea Dagger by the Fertilis, which by the way, fire fucking band, fire fucking song. I fucking love the Fertilis. I hope they come to Vegas so I can geek out with my Blackhawks gear on. And that's what a great, they? great fucking band name, dude. The Fertilis. I, the Fertilis? Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh but yeah, so it's like a lot of teams have individual goal songs for each player. A lot of teams have just one song. Um, so it brought my debate, it brought this to my head as a debate, and I wanted to ask you about it. What are you in favor for? Are you in favor for individual goal songs for each player? Are you individual, or, or I'm sorry, are you for um, just the one song? What do you think? Um, well, being a Rangers fan, I'd have to stay on the side of, like, you know, I'm, I'm for the one song. Because, I mean, it's it you're in the garden and the song kicks on and the whole, whoa. And everyone's like, hey, 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 hey. It, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's iconic. But I'm totally all for um, just teams doing their own individual. It's kind of cool, right? I mean, for it. it <laughs> It would be kind of shitty because if you were like a New Jersey Devils fan, who'd you you would get like mostly Jack Hughes and like some of those guys like on you know what I'm saying? And then you'd have to yeah, hear like I don't one song anyway. Yeah, you'd, you'd hear just fucking I don't know like fuck congratulations by Post Malone. I'm sure is what Jack Hughes <laughs> would probably pick. So you'd have congratulations like every fucking five minutes, right? So that would be. Or, like, if you were, like, a Leaps fan, right, and fucking Austin Matthews has a song that you hate, it's like, well, you're going to hear that song six times a night. So <laughs> you're going to have to just deal with that. But, um, no, I, I think it's I think it's interesting. I think it's fun. It personalizes things. And then, like, when um, someone who doesn't score finally gets that goal, it's kind of more like a celebration of them than it is, like, your team being... Because, I mean, like, you got guys, like, lower in the roster, your bottom six guys that score... And then the song plays in New York, and it's like, yeah, you did that, right? And then the hype is there. But how hype would it be if like his song is playing for him? Because I'm talking about just from his perspective, right? Sure. From a fan, from a fan perspective, I think that it probably is best to have one song. Everybody will know it. Everybody will learn it. But I think from a player's perspective, to have your own anthem, I think that that's probably like a little bit, a little bit more personable, and it's a lot more sure. fun for you when you score. Also, side note, since we did talk about the Fratellis, this is way, way, way off base, but there's a straight-edge hardcore band called 
uh, Casey Jones, and I always thought that that was a really hard, like that's a hard name to have for a band, like Casey Jones. I was like, yeah, that that band's gonna tear shit up, throw a trash can mid set, something like that. <laughs> yeah, so shout out Casey Jones. Uh, you know, you got two fans sitting right here. Just want to let you know. Um, yeah, okay, so I see. So you're more on the on the favor of the individual then, right? Is yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, I, it's hard. Like I said, cause I'm a New York fan. It, it's the song's iconic at this point for us. It's embedded. Like we, we're waiting to hear that. Um, same thing as, you know, uh, Sam Rosen saying when we score on a power play, is there, it's a power play goal. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just a creature of habit with those things. But sure. I, I guess I would say because I'm a New York fan, I lean to the one song specifically for new york but i'm totally okay with teams having their own individual personal songs i think that that is kind of fun do you think the league should either have everyone be like on the same page and be like okay look and like pull all the owners into a meeting and be like okay look you either get one individual goal song or a goal song per team or a per, per player i would say if that's the case if we're going to make it a rulable type of thing, I would say that it has to be, um, if if that's the case, it would have to be a year by year basis, and they would have to register for a song every year, just kind of because look, things can change, right? And I think that's the beauty of it is that songs become important because they're important, just like you know yeah. Colorado and Blink, right? So they had like yeah. turn the lights off, carry me, na 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 na, and like that for Colorado was a lot, right? That that was. That was everything for them, and they, that song was was huge for them. And it now every time a, a Colorado fan's going to hear Blink, they're going to think of that and be like, "Yeah, you know, Stanley Cup, and we did it." And that's gonna, like I said, it's fun because I mean, I'm not going to be in a fucking bar and I'm not going to hear fucking whoa, you know? I'm like, oh shit, it's on, boys! Like, hey, <laughs> hey, like I, it, it does make it fun and it, it kind of expands it to like other places, but nah. I don't know. It's a it's a weird situation. I would say that you'd have to go like register a song every year and it changes after that, right? That's fair. That's fair. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot. I think that it should be one song. Um and, he, and my, now I have a very deep connection to Chelsea Dagger, obviously. It's I have literally have the words cue the dagger tattooed on me because that is basically the the fucking that's the saying, like fucking cue the dagger, hawks win, hawks score, right? Um, I remember watching this one video that was just like a spoof video and they would go, this was when like the Lund, the, the Sedin twins were, were still in the league and they went to like pretty much all of the Blackhawks rivals and played Chelsea dagger. I was like, does this sound familiar? And like, everyone was just like, Ugh. like motherfucker, I got to hear this shit again. <laughs> um, and I loved it cause it was very like, um, very noticeable. So my thing is, is like, if you're going to do the one song, I feel like it should be a band or a group that's, that's tied to that city. Right. So like, for instance, the ducks goal song is bro him by Pennywise, who, which is an orange County band. Yeah. And, and also my all time favorite band. I have the PW tattooed on my shin fucking love Pennywise. I, I just amazing. And the fact that like, the duck skull song is is a punk band i don't know it just kind of like hits a little different right there's so many things there's sure, so many yeah. bands and groups that come out of like southern california and you choose pennywise like that's fucking rad right but on the flip side i do like 
the individual songs. Um, specifically, I love Jeff Skinner's Breaking Free. Like, I don't know why, but that shit's just funny. Breaking Free, soaring. Yeah, that's it. Flying. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. It's 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 it's, it's a meme. It it's just, a meme. It, it also like you know, especially like the newer generations of hockey fans, right? So like like hockey fans our age who are going to be spending a lot of money going to games and shit. We we know High School Musical. We've seen High School Musical. Whether you want to be a hard ass or not and be like, oh, I'd never fucking watch it. I'm too macho for that. Man, fuck you. You watched it. All right. There was that one chick in fucking high school or middle school that you were trying to, you were trying to get in bed with or you were trying to get fucking like, you know, like, what's up, baby? Boo. You want to go see a movie? Let's go see this new thing with Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens. Like, yeah, like you've seen High School Musical. Don't fucking sit there and lie to me. All that right? was your that was your lie to get into the theater, but really you're just wondering what the fuck Troy was doing. Like I just gotta find out. Like I gotta find it for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. I'm gonna take a guy. So I guess I'm gonna take this chick to go see High School Musical three. I haven't seen the other two, but I, I guess <laughs> I'll take her to see three. But <laughs> that was me, but with Twilight. It was always like, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, yeah, whatever. We can go see. Yeah, baby, that's fine. We can go see Twilight. It is what it is. And meanwhile, I'm just like, I just finished Breaking Dawn's book. And I'm really interested to see how this is going to play out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm there. I'm there for Charlie because I'm like, hey, I'll use I'll use this fucking stupid. The only person I'm agreeing with right now is fucking Charlie. He's on the right path. This guy knows what he's talking about. He's got a great mustache, too. He's got a great mustache, too. But uh, in the risk of this getting just totally fucking off the rails, however, I could talk about that shit. All this day. is off the rails to you. No, I think we're right not. on track. I said in the risk of. Uh, OK, like we're, we're 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 getting there because I could tell about like all of the fucking little high school like camp rock. I watched all of camp I rock, watched yeah. every single camp rock. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck yeah. with me. Yeah, I went to uh, a big time rush concert and that's Nickelodeon. But like I said, I, I like what I like. I almost okay. went to a Naked Brothers Band concert. That would have been lit because of this chick that I was like super into in middle school. That would have been lit. I. (laughs) But anyway, speaking of most hated fucking things and the people that like talk shit about, uh, give us the (laughs) give us the top five most. We were we were texting back and forth last night. I just think that this is a a good little thing to throw in here. It's a little spice before we kind of get into our our real topics. Um, But who are the top five most hated people in this league? Okay, so I for sure have a top four, right? Um, the ones that I was texting you about yesterday. But the fifth one is going to be a little bit off the wall. So just bear with me while I try to formulate my words for it. So let me pull up my list real quick. Because I just... I put a lot of thought into that when I was texting you yesterday. So my top four. Yep. My top four. Number one is the motherfucking rat, Brad Marchand. I can't stand him. I fucking hate him. I think he's good for the league because he's a dick and every league and every sport needs a villain, right? Like a super mega villain. Um, I think it's that rat Brad Marchand. Uh, Number two, Tom Wilson, just because he's a dick. He's for sure a fucking asshole. Um, I changed my list a little bit up from when I talked to you yesterday. And just because of recent events, I got to say number three, Brady Kachuk. Um, him trying to go mm-hmm. after the Kings goalie after that fucking penalty shot and the flying poke check. And it just feels like lately I've been seeing a lot more of Brady Kachuk being a fucking level seven weenie and just being a fucking just a dickhead for no reason. Right. Like there's no there's no reason. Like I, I understand being an asshole and trying to like um 
stir shit up to try to get your boys going for sure i get that but it just feels like brady kachuk has just turned into like just a not a good villain and just kind of like one of those that you'll see on the ice and be like dude just go fucking go sit down all right you're loud for no reason right now like you're playing for one you're playing on the fucking ottawa senators all right there's nothing to be buzzing about all right you're just being a fucking dick um and number four i got you know, the Truba train, Jacob Truba. I just feel like he gets a lot of hate because he lays the boom down. And, and you know, some are dirty, some are clean, whatever the case may be. You know, he gets a lot of hate. Like, every time he steps on the ice, it's always like, all right, well, let's just go watch Jacob Truba level this fucking fourth liner depth scorer and then throw hands with some rookie fucking defenseman because that's just what you're supposed to do. Um, I feel like he's catching a lot of flack right now. I'm here for it because he's just a hard nosed player. He's the captain for a reason. He's a hard nosed player and he just lays the fucking boon down. Now, number five is going to be a little bit more of a like, a, oh, really? And I'm interested to know what you're going to say about this. But number five, I got is Mark Stone from the Knights. Interesting. Yeah. Here's my reasoning behind it. I don't know if you remember, it was preseason. It was a fucking preseason game against the Kings this year. And it was just some, I can't remember his name, to be honest with you. And, and he could honestly be lighting it up in the NHL for all I know. That's how much I fucking pay attention to the fucking Kings. But he like this, this player on the Kings took a run at Mark Stone. Mark Stone, who's been in the league for a fucking while who is a very established player, a goddamn captain of the Golden Knights, a Stanley Cup champion at that. Um, This guy, this kid fucking takes a run at Mark Stone and Mark Stone just loses his fucking mind and just kind of becomes like that. I don't know, just kind of just becomes a dick. And it almost feels like like every time Mark Stone is in some sort of hockey news, it is not for a good reason. Um. You know, every now and then you'll see like, oh, Mark Stone with the uh, eight point night with seven goals. Like, you know, it's something you'll fucking you'll see that. Sure. But some of the times you'll see like, oh, Mark Stone lays this player out. Oh, Mark Stone does this to this player. Mark Stone has fucking, you know, leads leads the Golden Knights in penalty minutes. And it's almost like, okay, well, are you trying to just take over a hole that's missing for fucking from Ryan Reeves? Like, what are we trying to do here? Um that's just that's my opinion on that. I know that's like really hot take. We really kind of know backup behind it, but I just I don't know. I just feel like he's starting to kind of gain on me. Mind you, this is my list for the most top five hated players in the league. It's my brain. Um, it also could just be because I don't like the fucking Golden Knights, and and that little incident with the Kings player in preseason kind of stuck with me the most. Where it just kind of like. You had an opportunity to to be like that veteran and just kind of sit there and be like, hey, man, it's preseason. Let's chill the fuck out. But no, I'm going to try to fucking chase you down. I'm going to try to fucking lay you out and fight you in preseason. Like, I'm just, eh, I didn't like that. It, it just did not sit well with me. Sure. And um, I think uh, to that point, I think that, um, you know, uh, as a captain, you have more responsibilities, right? And I think that even in preseason, I felt he he might have been coming from like, "Hey, I'm a captain. I have to set a precedence." Again, more hated because they are they uh, a re- 
defending Stanley Cup champions. I'm sure that would put more on stone. Like, and then your captain is kind of the focal point of your team, right? So if you're going to hate anyone, hate the captain mostly. Um, I, I I don't agree with your number five, but I'll say this: I do agree sure. with the top four. I, Jacob Trouba is my favorite. I just got that Rangers third jersey with the Jacob Trouba C. I can't fucking wait to see that, dude. I love I love Jacob Truba, but I can agree that he's probably in the top five hated right now because of what he does, whether you like it or you don't, or he's dirty, you think he's dirty or not, whatever it is. I would say for my top five, um, from a a very biased perspective, my top five would be Tony D'Angelo. He is a fucking scumbag. Uh, really? To, for a quick catch-up for Tony D'Angelo, for anyone who's not aware of uh, he when he was a ranger, right? What happened was there was an argument in the locker room. He ended up trying to fight Alexander Georgiev, now goalie for the Colorado Avalanche. He ended up trying to fight our own goalie, and from it's not confirmed, but what I heard was Chris Kreider fucking decked him in the mouth. Is what I heard. I That's what they said. That. And then they dropped him, and then you know they fucking terminated his contract, put him on waivers, and he got out. That would be my biased one because I think he's a scumbag. He's always trying to pick a fight on the ice, but never actually does it. Like if you're going to be a scumbag, be a scumbag, right? But he he where is he now? He plays for. Uh, he was playing on the Canes, and then I think he went to Philly. Actually, that's fitting. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't confirm. I know he was playing for the Canes, but I think he went to Philadelphia. Anyway, still in the, we still have to see him a lot. He's still a division rival either way you look at it. But I would say that the number five pick, I would say I agree with your four list. I would say if we're talking scumbags in the league and you th- I'm throwing someone on the list that I think deserves to be there, I'd probably say uh, uh, Evander Kane. Kane deserves to be there. I think oh. that he is a fucking scumbag. Uh, domestic abuse. uh just a yeah. scumbag all around. I think it's undisputable that he is a fucking a jerk off and he deserves to be on the list. Personally. Yeah. You, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm going to remove Mark stone. So Vegas fans don't fucking come for me. I'm sorry if I held a little bit, something too, too close to heart, but yeah, I'm going to drop Mark stone off my number five and definitely put a Vander Kane there. I forgot about that fucking pylon dude. Yeah. Um, Evander Kane is for sure my number five, who should be number one, but Brad Marchand has secured that spot a long time ago. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Fuck I, that asshole. Damn, yeah, I forgot about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I put a little thought into it, but it didn't take me long to catch that number five. And uh, I think he could definitely go way up there next to Wilson, to be honest. I would put I feel Jacob like as... you could interchange Wilson and Evander Kane just because Evander Kane's an abusive piece of fucking shit. Mm-hmm. I would I could put uh, Jacob at, at number five to Chuck because of the way that he is he just he's just kind of a jerk off but the top three being Marshan Wilson and Evander Kane uh, because those guys are legitimate scumbags right Shit, I and, would almost I would almost switch Evander Kane and Tom Wilson just because Tom Wilson's kind of lost that kind of asshole aspect of it like you don't really hear about him being yeah. a dick so much anymore he's so prolifically good. an asshole and you can see the things he does on the ice he gets aggressive in moments that don't need to be aggressive so you can sure. tell that he's a dick but again yeah I would say push him to three yeah Evander, Evander Kane like right there tied with Marshant but We're one, just one a little a. bit ahead. Yeah. One A, one B. Exactly. So that's. <laughs> All right. So, so the, the worst hockey podcast official list for the top five most hated players slash douchebags. Number one is Brad, the rat Marshand. Number two, Evander domestic abuse. Kane. Number three is Tom Wilson. Number four, Jacob Truba. 
number I'm sorry, Brady Kachuk, number five, Jacob Truba, number six. Did we say number six? Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. How about I'll that? take that there you go. Let's take is that. that a good list? Definitive top six list. Any other lists are just lists. That is it. Right yep. There. Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. There you go. Um, so let's let's just get to the meat of what we're here for today. Okay. Let's let's do and this again, this doesn't have to be long-winded. I just think that it's a good time for us to check in. I'm a Rangers fan. You're a Chicago Blackhawks fan. I think that our perspective will will matter a little bit more than most. Again, we do this for the fun of it, and I think that we're gonna be completely honest and non-biased in in this aspect because we're being honest and fair of what we see our team do we're going to do a um upgrade downgrade or plateau for the lineup of both of our teams and again uh doesn't have to be a conversation i just think that it's kind of a check-in i think mostly it's for me and you to kind of see where we are right now and then kind of look back on this in a year and be like hey uh uh the shit changed or it stayed the same right so um i'm gonna go off my centers first i'm gonna do all of them and just do like a quick little, this is what I think. And then I'm going to pass it over to you. You can do your centers and we'll go back left wing, right wing, defensemen, and then goalies. Cool. So uh, so for our centers, we have rostered right now, we have Nick Benino. Um, Nick Benino is new, right? He just got here this year. I don't think that he is, is worth plus or minusing. And my expectations for him were low. I think he's doing all right. Um, a move to Johnny Brodzinski. He is a he was he is and has been the captain for the Hartford Wolfpack. He has played up in the lineup. He scored a goal a game a game or two ago. He is doing much better than I think. He's definitely an upgrade. He's doing much better than he's ever done in the league. Also, he's being rewarded playing on the top line with Mika Zibanejad. Sometimes he's he's in the lineup, and this kid. I won't say kid. He's probably he's a year probably older than me. But this guy, he's called up every year and he does the right things. And even when he's put back down to Hartford, he puts his all into Hartford. And when he's called up for the Rangers, he answers the call and comes back. Got a lot of love for him. We love Philip a good Hedo- player like that, real quick. Absolutely, real quick. We, we love yeah. a good hard nose, love the game kind of guy. Yeah, those are the stories that we like to follow. Those are the ones we like to talk about. Um, Philip Hedel, uh, he's out from a concussion. Unfortunately, he's 25 years old and he's got his third concussion. So already, his hockey career is up in the air. It might not be safe for him to return. It just is what it is. I think that's obviously got to be a downgrade, right? He's not even playing. That's the uh, worst. Adam Edstrom. He just came up from Hartford yesterday to play the Ducks, and within five seconds left of the game, he scored a goal. And that was a video you sent me. Yes, it was awesome. Not to mention, this kid is six foot seven, two hundred twenty pounds. So that's an upgrade all the way around. Even though he hasn't played, yeah, he's massive. Holy shit! Um, Barkley Goudreau, a a hard nosed fourth to third line player. leadership in the hockey into the for our hockey club he's 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 always doing the right things he's he's gritty um i think uh he's he's definitely an upgrade Uh, tyler pitlick new this year again uh can't really give him a grade i think that will it's to be seen if he even stays in the roster by next year but i think he's doing well right now vincent trocek complete upgrade from last year scoring goals getting apples the number one face-off percentage in the league right now winning all the face-offs Definite upgrade. And then Mika Zibanejad, honestly, kind of a downgrade from last year. Now, Mika March hasn't got here yet. Mika May isn't here yet. But he's still a great player, right? But in terms of what Mika Zibanejad has done in the last few seasons prolifically, 
It is a slight downgrade. I do believe that he'll get there, but right now it's a downgrade. And those, those are my centers. All right. Let me pull up my centers because I was following it along with you. All right. So we have Andreas Anthony CU. Um, he is out right now. Uh, he's on injured reserve because of uh, a groin injury, which that I will say it was a total, total hit to Bedard's, um, <laughs> to Bedard's line mate because they were kind of throwing Andreas in between um, a center position and a wing position. Uh, he's one ski speedy motherfucker, dude. And uh, I've always been a fan of Andreas Antonisiu. I really think he is a he's a big upgrade and he fits to Bedard's style because you and I had talked about for a while of like, you know, Bedard is so fast in the game and and it's just you know we don't really have any players that you know can keep up with them but i, I andreas anthony see you he's definitely one that can keep up with them um i really liked him last year i'm glad that they brought him back for this year um my second center obviously is connor bedard who is um he's the reigning rookie of the month for november uh, who averaged a point a game, which is, I mean, it's, that's huge for a rookie, right? I mean, the kids, he's fucking yeah. 18 years old. That's huge. You love to see it. You love, you to, love see it. to see it. Um, I think his rating in NHL 23 right now, I think he's like sitting at like an 88 as a fucking rookie, which is, it's, a, it's, that's insane. I'm just, I am enjoying watching him just completely progress and become that bona fide NHLer as every game goes by. I mean, he, he, in my opinion, he won the Connor Bowl the other night against McDavid because uh, McDavid didn't have a goal, but Connor Bedard had a disgusting toe drag fucking release to the opposite side goal. I don't even know how to explain it. It was just absolutely fucking disgusting. But I'm looking really just, I love Connor Bedard. I think he's great. I think he's, you know, he's perfect for, for to build a team around. He's that franchise note. Um, Colin Blackwell's kind of one of those depth guys. Um, he was really good last year. This year, look, I'm gonna be honest. Ninety percent of this team is either gonna be first time, or it's gonna be either gonna be rookies, or it's going to be you know some like like a Nick Felino type, right? Just kind of like that depth. Um, Colin Blackwell, he's just one of those kind of grinders, real hard nose for the love of the game guys. Uh, definitely, I wouldn't say he's an upgrade. He's not a downgrade. Um, Colton Dock, who looks like I believe he just got called up, not to I think either yesterday or the day before. Um, lighten it up in the AHL for Rockford. Uh, he's just he's in 17 games played for Rockford, five goals, seven assists. Um, like to see the penalty minutes go down because he was sitting at about 13 minutes in Rockford, but um, I think he's gonna be fun. He's the he's the brother of Kirby Doc. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so he was actually those two were actually on the same. I mean, they were playing with the Blackhawks when they when Kirby was on the team. Same for Seth Jones and um, his brother Colin. I can't remember his brother's name, but uh, I, I can't remember either. That's fair. Um, but they were both playing both defensemen on the same line. It was really cool. It was really cool to see just like two sets of brothers playing at the same time. But. Uh, you know, obviously the Hawks moved on from Kirby, kept Colton. He's 20 years old, so it's, there's still a lot of time left for him um, just to see what he's about. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to what he's going to become as far as an NHLer. Um, Jason Dickinson, 
I don't think anyone really needs it. This motherfucker is a damn upgrade, and I'm only talking about just November because holy shit, the tear that he went on in November, it was literally a, it wasn't even a Lexus November to remember, baby. That was a Dickinson November to remember. Hell yeah, Uh, dude. He was just, he was lighting it up. And that was like, every time I tell you, like, uh, you know, every team needs that depth goal scorer, right? And and most teams have it. The Hawks don't. The Hawks found it. Um, I really hope that he sticks around. I'm definitely a fucking big upgrade. Big, big upgrade. Ryan Donato came over from Seattle last year. Um, I'm sorry, this year came over from Seattle. I think he's really good. He's a solid bottom six forward. Um, and, and I don't mean that with any disrespect as far as like what you would think a bottom six means. I think he's really good on that, on the, on the third or fourth line. Um, just one of those hard nosed guys, man, that can play either wing or he can play center. He's just, I, I, I love him. He's great. Um, I really am riding with, with Ryan Donato this year. He's just his, his setups, like him playing with Bedard. I don't know why, but those two just mesh really, really well together. Um, Love it. I think he's a huge upgrade. Um, Cole Gutman, another one. I, I have a buddy of mine who's a big Knights fan, and, and he loves Cole Gutman just because uh, uh, he's just uh, we uh, we joke around and say that Cole Gutman is just a, is a part time attorney, uh, just a good old Jewish boy, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, part time attorney, full time NHLer. Um, but uh no he's he's i i really like cole gutman another hard-nosed guy uh if the puck gets chipped in deep he's the first one on the boards i like that i really do like that uh Fair. I think yeah that he's I, I wouldn't really call him an upgrade but i'm definitely not calling him a downgrade uh reese johnson kind of one of those i i don't know man i could go with or without reese johnson um like i said i'm not calling him an upgrade i'm definitely not calling him a downgrade um i just I don't know. I just I haven't seen anything from him that I'm like super into, like nothing that's going to be like on a on a, on a score sheet like some of the other guys that I talked about. Um, a lot of his work is going to be done. I don't know, more in the boards or in the neutral zone more than anything else um, as far as like setting, maybe setting up a stretch pass or whatever. Um, haven't really seen that this year that much, but, you know, time will tell. We're only a quarter of the way through. Um Tyler Johnson. I love Tyler Johnson. Definitely a big upgrade to this to this team. Uh he came over from Tampa after the the uh 2021 to 2022 Stanley Cup. I think that was not Colorado. No, okay. So 2020 to 2021. Whenever Tampa went back to back, um he was uh he was a, a centerman on the on Tampa when they went back to back. I think he's great. He's got that veteran presence. Um, he's at 33 years old. He's got that veteran veteran presence. He knows what it takes to win a cup. And and I like him. He's good. He, he occasionally will light up the score sheet. Occasionally he'll just sit there and just be, um, you know, just be, just to be that hard nosed guy. So definitely an upgrade to me. Philip Kurashev. I love that's a massive, massive fucking upgrade. Um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of speculation on whether or not he's going to be around in the next couple of years. I hope that he does get a, a nice, nice extension. He's good, man. And he's, he's one that will light up the score sheet. And then, and then, you know, and like I said, and I, I'll keep saying it until I die. He's just a fucking hard nose, hard nose player. And that's what a rebuilding team needs is you really need to weed out like, okay, 
who's just going to stay a hard nose and who can who can go from hard nose to goal scorer. You know what I mean? Um, I really feel like if he were to stay sure. around, he's 24 years old. Um, if he were to stay around and stay on Connor Bedard's line, we could have a Kane Taze part two. Um, just he's he just, his play reminds me so much of Jonathan Taze. Um, and lastly, f- uh, coming back around, Luke Phillip. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really know much about him. Um, he's sitting on the IR right now. So that's pretty much it. For sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it just in... He's he has fuck one assist so far, one point. So you know he's just he's just he's just there. He's yep. sitting on the IR right now. I really don't have anything much to say about him. He is kind of an older cat. He's about twenty eight years old. I say oh, I say I say like that's old, right? You know we always fucking say that. Yeah, shit. right. <laughs> Between twenty eight and thirty three, like oh fuck, he's old. <laughs> but you know I really don't have much to say about Luke Phillip just because I I don't ever remember seeing him play. <laughs> Sure. Um, I'm gonna run through left and right wingers because I don't have very. Many. I only I don't only have two right wingers. So, um, let's go left wingers. We got uh Will Cooley. Will Cooley is a guy who played in Hartford last year, and he came up this year and just is doing what he needs to do when called upon. He's doing what he's doing. Um, so that's a, that's an upgrade from whatever spot was was filled up. You know, uh, Chris Kreider. I mean, he just he's third for power play goals and. Rangers franchise history. He continues to do what he needs to do when when needed. I think Lafreniere is an upgrade from last year when he 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 at the beginning of this year was very much so um, helping contribute. I think he fell off a little bit, but he'll come back. He's he shows that he can do that. Artemi Panarin is heart Temi Panarin. You know what I'm saying? He's he does what he does every single night. There's nothing you can do to stop him. Same thing. Jack Eichel effect. Uh, he enters the zone. You're going to be drawn to him. You can't stop him. Jimmy Vesey, absolute upgrade. Played in New Jersey. Uh, he is an upgrade from last year. He contributes all the time. He gets those, those we call them the greasy VC goals. You know, he's he's there in the front of the net. He gets things done. Uh, my two right wingers are Capo Caco, who unfortunately is on injured reserve right now. And he's been kind of a downgrade, honestly. And I love Capo. My, you can ask my family. I am a, a Caco stan. He uh, is, is definitely a downgrade this year. And Blake Wheeler, you know, he's an older guy. I think he came in and is doing what he needs to do. And um, I'm happy with where he is. I think that's kind of like a little, I wouldn't say an upgrade for whatever slot he's filling, but I would say that Blake Wheeler is, you know, for right now, he's doing what we need him to do. And that's my left and right wingers. Oh, shit. That was way quicker than I expected that to be. I I didn't have much. I told you. It's all quote unquote centers. No, it's all good. I, I was I was looking through my left and right wingers because I, collectively we have seven left and right wingers. I was looking through and there was one name that popped up as Samuel Savoy. And I had never seen his name on a roster or anything like that before. So I was trying to look him up just to see what was going on. If he was one that just got called up. I, I don't know. I can't find shit on him and as to why he's on the Blackhawks roster. <laughs> so my bad. <laughs> Um, I'll he might have. He might be a Rockford guy that never got called up. That was a healthy scratch. You know what I'm saying? Well, I know he just had femur surgery, so I don't really think that he's going to get called up anytime soon. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be interested. He's got zero stats. Um, I mean, as far as the ESPN app shows, he has no stats whatsoever. Um, so it, he could be playing tomorrow against Vancouver for all we know. I have no idea. Um, 
So I'll start off with Nick Foligno. I'm going to be honest. I absolutely fucking love Nick Foligno. 100% an upgrade. Just that veteran presence. That's that's nice. And that's what Bedard needs, especially everything that happened with Corey Perry. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he he needs that 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 old man to give him that that push to like this is what it takes. You need to do it. If you don't have it, you need to leave now. Um, I think Nick Valino really kind of, for lack of a better phrase, rules with an iron fist in that locker room, and I'm I'm here for it. I really like it. Um, Taylor Hall, man, what a fucking I I I will never call Taylor Hall a downgrade, but man, what an unlucky season he's had. Um, he's going to be out for the rest of the season for uh, ACL surgery. Um, out for the rest of the season, and that was like two weeks ago. So I really feel for the guy. He was starting to kind of come into his own when he was playing. Um, yeah, I hope that they give him another shot next year. I can't remember if they signed him for one year or two years. Um, but I hope I hope that he comes back next year ready to ready to roll. Um, so I just I I feel really bad for the guy. Um, Lucas Reichel. I'm gonna be honest. I, I had a lot of fucking high hopes for him, for Lucas Reichel. A lot of high hopes. He lit it up in the AHL. At the end of last year, he was starting to really come into his own in the NHL, and I really liked him, and I had a lot of high hopes. Fucking downgrade, man. And I don't know what I don't know what it is, but so far since being on the opening day roster, he has two goals and excuse me, four four assists for six points. He's at minus twenty one. I don't I I'm I'm, I'm riding with him. I will always ride with him. I will always ride with everyone on that wears a Blackhawks jersey, unless you're a piece of shit like Corey Perry. But I don't know, man. I had a lot of high hopes, and it almost feels like that high hopes just kind of is slowly getting shot shot down, and, and, and I hope that's not the case. Um, this is the next one, Samuel Savoy. I know nothing about. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I know I know nothing about. Um, There's one player that's not on this list that I need to talk about. And, and his name is uh, Anthony Bolivier. And he was traded in game to Chicago from Vancouver. And I, I, I don't know what to take from him yet. Cause he's only been on the team for about two weeks. I don't know. I don't know whether to call him an upgrade or a downgrade. Um, but so far what I've seen, I think he's got one or two points so far in two weeks. Um, he is that depth guy. He is that hard nose. I'm going to go to the boards before everyone else. Um, I like him. I hope they, I hope he stays around. Um, and I hope that he starts getting into, um, I hope he starts coming into his own. Um, moving on to my right wingers would be Joey Anderson, another Rockford guy who came up and starting to, starting to really come into his own with Jake, uh, with uh, Jason Dickinson, he's a, they got both put on the same line, and and that line for whatever reason is killing. It's great. I love seeing it. I I love Joey Anderson. I think he's great. Mackenzie Entwistle, another guy who's been on the squad for a couple of years, another rock kind of career Rockford guy that every now and then gets a feel good call up, um, and makes the most of it. So definitely an upgrade on my end. Taylor Radish, um, I'll be honest, the past couple of games, maybe the past week or so, has been kind of like one that maybe he wants to forget a little bit. Um, definitely not calling him a downgrade by any means. I'd say he's probably just middle of the line, middle toe, toe in the middle of the line could go either way. Um, lately he's just been more of like the upgrade side. Um, another goal scorer, hard nose guy, which I'm going to be honest with you. You could name, you could rename this team to the Chicago hard noses and it would fucking just absolutely be on top of everything. 
I didn't like the way that that ended. It could 100% be like just the name because this this roster from 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 top to bottom, hard nose. Love it. Love to see for sure. Hundred percent. That was. Awesome. I have. I have a. I think that this is going to be the first part of a two parter because I have. I want to do the defenseman. Don't get me wrong; it, it would make sense. But I have a a, a great idea oh that we're going to do for the defenseman that I'm going to need you to kind of prepare for. And I don't want to hit you with it now because we'll, we'll just be rambling. But so the defenseman's a to be continued. We'll make this a part one. We'll talk about the goalies real quick. But I will I, we talk about the defenseman? Find we, out next week. Literally, they're, they're going to have to they have to tune into it because I think it'll be a fun little. Um, Almost, almost like a debate, right? But I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna have you come correct. If I make the idea, it's not fair. So I'm gonna have you come correct. We'll talk about the defenseman, and I feel like the defenseman we could spend a lot more time on too, especially because what we talk about the league about defensemen. So I think that that's perfect for a part two. But I will say to close things off, the goalie situation. Obviously, Jonathan Quick is a major upgrade. Um, If he's gonna play like how he used to, that's fucking insane. He is better than Igor. Right now he is honestly eight and one, eight eight zero oh and one, in, uh, or eight and one, whatever the score is. He's he's fucking insane, and you know Igor Shesterkin is going through a rough patch right now. His ceiling is so high, I believe he'll get there. Uh, the only problem is right now, unfortunately, he is is going through something. So we just have to support him. And you know when Igor comes back, it's going to be nasty. So all the Igor fucking doubters, they're they're going to be fucking they're going to be shut the fuck up when he comes back. I promise you. That and that's it. I got two goalies. And oh. then if you want, if you want to, if you want honorable mention, Louis Domingue came up, played one game, uh, out of the blue, comes up, wins the game. I mean, Louis Domingue's the best third goalie in, in the NHL, in my opinion. That to have the guy sit all that time and he could just show up. That's it's gangster. Show up and show out. Yeah, that's huge. All right, we'll get into the uh, train wreck that is the Blackhawks goaltending situation. However, there is a bright star, and I will admit I have not been his biggest fan until this year, until he, you want to talk about showing up and showing out, Peter Morazic. Now, his record, his his numbers do not reflect the actual play that he has. Um, not at all. No, uh, he's sitting at a seven nine and zero record, three point oh four goals against average, with a nine ten save percentage. Um, that nine ten really stands out more than anything else to me. Anything else to me? Um, he's really, really playing out of his fucking mind, dude. And I will say, like, I kind of wish we talked a little bit about the defenseman this this episode, but it'll be interesting next week to talk about it. However, um. The the, RD, the the Blackhawks defense, I'm not going to talk about players or anything like that. I just need to touch on this to, to set up Morazic. The, the, the Blackhawks defense has been limping for at least two to three weeks. Um, a lot of injuries, a lot of um, personal issues, stuff like that. By the way, I want to, I know he'll probably never hear this, but um want to send quick shout to Kevin Korchinski, the Blackhawks rookie defenseman, um, just lost his father, Larry. Um, over the past couple of days, uh, just sending a lot of love from the worst hockey podcast to you and your yeah. family. Uh, tough. yeah, it's, it's real rough, but you know, take your time, come back ready. Right. Um, but you know, since the, 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 the defense and it's, uh, this goes back to literally everything I've ever fucking said, your first line of defense or is that deep pairing before it hits your goalie. 
and in every game that Mrazek has is the reason why we're losing by one, maybe two goals, um, is because of Peter Mrazek. And and I've I've been a very yeah, no big, doubt. I've been a very big supporter of the past couple of months now of Peter Mrazek. Love him. I I hope he sticks around, and I hope that they put a second behind him, like like a Louis Deming, who you know is kind of like a career backup right now and could be a starter but i just i'll tell you what i've had a lot of patience for arvid soderblom who's our backup i've had a lot of patience for him but i am so fucking tired of of every time he is in net you know it's a guaranteed loss because it doesn't matter your offense cannot keep up with that swiss cheese ass motherfucker i mean he's sitting in a 2 10 and 1 record he just got lit up by fucking Seattle. He just got lit up by fucking Seattle, who has the same record as the Blackhawks, who, like, fucking a month ago, the Blackhawks fucking beat Seattle with Mrazic and Net. And why they played fucking Soderblom, Soderblom the other night instead of fucking Mrazic, I will never understand. I don't understand. I don't get it. Like you're, you're trying. We're trying to not go on a losing streak right now, and you stick Arvid Soderblom in fucking net, dude's te- two ten and one with a four, four goals against average goals, uh, goals against per game, and an eight seventy two save percentage. That's not your guy. You did. He he's got to either go down to Rockford, or 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 just fucking get off this damn team because there's something that's not. It's something that's just not sitting there. And Luke Richardson is very is a very big Arvid Soderblom guy, and I don't get it. We sit there, and he's like, he's like, oh, he, he, you know, he's a resilient guy. If he has a bad night, he just lets it go. Blah blah blah. Obviously, he's not because the record and the percentages reflect that he is not the fucking guy. And I don't know what it is. Last year, he was not nearly as bad. Last year, as he was fucking this year. And I, I don't I don't get it. I really fucking don't get it. Um, none of our like none of our goalies in the AHL are even ready in Rockford are even ready to even step foot. I like you could make the argument that Drew Camesso maybe is, but even then he's still not NHL ready yet. He doesn't have those games under his belt. He doesn't have that adversity under his belt yet. Now I understand you gotta learn by doing, right? Of course. You gotta you wanna be a good NHL goalie, you gotta play the goalie, you gotta play goalie in the fucking NHL. I get it. I do, but to sit there and stick your rookies out when you're at, when you have your defense that's fucking limping, and when it is healthy, it's just meh at best. There's, I just, oh my god, dude, I can't fucking stand Arvid Soderblom right now, and I don't understand what happened between that last year and this year as to what the where the disconnect is, and as to why he's just he's fucking awful. He really is, and I understand the the premise of this year is to basically tank 2.0 for Macklin Celebrini. I get it. I understand that's what it is. But for fuck's sake, dude, you have a generational talent in Connor Bedard. 98% of your your season tickets sold out the moment that you that you said the you know the Chicago the Chicago Blackhawks are proud to select Connor Bedard as their first overall draft pick. 98% of your 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 season tickets sold. People are there to see decent hockey. The 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 winning percentage at home is abysmal, dude. I want there's only like they only have like two wins at home so far this year. 
it's fucking abysmal. And I get it. The point of this season is to be shitty so you get a higher draft pick again. I understand. I get that that's the point. But motherfucker, and you can even quote me from like the first fucking episode that I did with you before we became like an actual duo here. The first one I said is I understand that the Hawks are going to be shit this year and I get the reason behind the Hawks are being shit this year. But motherfucker, I want to see some meaningful fucking hockey. This roster, yes, I understand is full of AHL guys and just dudes that 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 haven't proven themselves and older veterans that kind of got lost in the shuffle from their fucking teams. And they got another chance at a rebuilding team, whatever have you. I understand, but this, I get that they're not the fucking, you know, they're not world beaters, but they had an opportunity with some of the younger forwards. They had an opportunity to shock the fucking world and just sneak in in the last wild card spot. And and I get it. That hurts the draft pick opportunities. But I mean, I, I we have no idea what this free agency market next year looks like. And there's a lot of fucking money to be thrown at players this year for next year. And you have a lot of players who still can prove themselves this year and who still can can just come into their own. You have a lot of players in the fucking AHL right now that do look fucking NHL ready. And you called half of them up, and they are producing. Well, that's that's what the Rangers are doing, and that's what the Rangers have done. And next week, and look at um, the Rangers now. Yeah, look, then look at the it's working. Record. It's it's working, and I think next week when we when you hit this part two of this topic, I think uh, it might be pretty interesting to see how things could have played out, but for Chicago.